Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Ladies and gentlemen, podcast. welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most, Phil Better, and today I'm excited to speak to our guest today. They are currently the GM of brand, uh, Direct Brands at Venstata, uh, which acquired Yes where Oops. in 2022 where our guest was the ceo so he helped m- manage that sale uh, but before that he helped build from scratch to 400 million annually wayfarers b2b business as well as help uh, guide them through their launch as a publicly traded company um he has a MBA from Yale, a BS from the University of Illinois, and he's on his way to be the number one endorsed person on LinkedIn for humor. So please put your hands together for our guest, Joel Stevenson. Joel, thank you so much for being on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the the BS comes important for uh, the LinkedIn part too, so. (laughs) Um, Joel, how you... You have had a very varied career. You've helped in sales. You helped build a, a, a whole division for a company. Um, could you introduce yourself? Give us a little bit more robust uh, introduction. Yeah, I, I I started my career in sales, and uh, you know, many many moons ago, with the with the idea that. Uh, Actually, I was originally planning to be a finance major, or I was a finance major, and I sort of got redirected by this guy that sort of argued that, you know, no matter what you do, you're in sales, and that that's a good place to start a career if you don't have, like, a, a very strong point of view about something else you're going to do. So I did that, and um, that was great. Um, and eventually, I, I worked in, you know, mostly technology enterprise uh, software-type organizations. Then dot-com happened, uh, so it was sort of great up until that point. Um, ended up going through a couple of joining a couple of companies that were laying people off and eventually sort of got the message that I should do something different. I went, uh, went back and got my MBA with the idea of like trying to sort of reinvent myself from being more of a customer facing person to being more of a quantitative person. So I, I did that. And then I joined a consulting firm, sales consulting firm called Z Associates for, for a while. And then ultimately ended up back in sort of the startup business with a supply chain company out of Chicago, which was pretty interesting for a while with the, the business model had some issues. But the thing that that did was that ultimately led me to this company called CSN Stores, uh, which had 300 you know individual microsites selling you know furniture and all kinds of other stuff, which later became Wayfair. Um, many years later. So you had a great, uh, great seven and a half year run there. Uh, 
it eventually got a little bit too big for me. So I, I did a bunch of different jobs there, which was great. Um, the last job I did was sort of an outgrowth of something that I started earlier, which is this B2B business that you mentioned earlier, um, which, which was awesome. But eventually the company just started to feel a little bit too big um, for me. And so I decided that I would, uh, I would instead go and try something new. So I took a little bit of time off. And one of the ways that we drove so much, uh, you know, such impressive numbers on the B2B side was we invested heavily in technology as applied to the sales productivity problem. And so that's kind of what, in a roundabout way, brought me to Yes, where we, we had an investor and a board member in common there. And uh, that's uh, that's kind of how it, uh, that's, and that's kind of how I got to where I am. That's a, that's a huge journey um, in different roles, which probably gave you a great a uh, great base to be the the CEO of a company during a transition um, up to when they got sold. What is it like going through a sale? Like going from, because you're going from a, a relatively, I'm, I don't want to say small brand because I don't, I'm not well aware of uh, Yesware, but you have this company that you help grow and then it gets sold. What is that process like? Yeah, well, it was... It's maybe slightly different for me in the sense that I mean I, I was with the business you know uh, over five years at the point at which it got sold, but I wasn't the founder of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, the co-founder and CTO is still in the business today, um, but the CEO left uh, when I took over. We sort of had a you know an orderly uh, transition of power, if you will, and um, he went to start another company, which he recently sold uh, to to American Express. So he, he's been very successful as he sort of sat on the board of, of Yesware as the as the chairman. So he sort of you know remained involved in the business, but from uh, from more of an arm's length. And so I mean, one of the things that ended up happening on the the Yesware side was we are in a very competitive market. Uh, this market has had a tremendous amount of capital raised in it. I think between our Probably the, the people that I would consider our uh, four closest competitors, I think, have probably raised in excess of a billion dollars at this point. Um, you know, and, and never mind the fact that Salesforce itself has a big um, footprint in this part of the market, and you know, it's HubSpot. There's a, there's a lot of very well capitalized players um, that are that are in this market, and so we had gotten to a point where we were sort of self-sustaining, but not growing at a rate that, uh, you know, that I, that I, I thought was like really going to land us as being one of the winners in the space. And so we, we started to pick our head up to sort of look around to say like, all right, well, what would be, you know, what would be interesting combinations where this, you know, I think very useful tech that we've built, like where, where, what would be a good home for that? And so we, we started to look around and, uh, Vendasta was actually one of our customers, uh, and so we, we knew them a little bit. They knew us. They had a roadmap that was, and uh, in, in what they do is they they mostly go to market through agencies. So they have uh, uh, mostly digital agencies, but other folks that sell into large business, small and local business like newspapers, et cetera. And they've built a tech stack for small and local businesses to advertise and get their name out and manage their reputation, all these things. And agencies sort of deliver that in a, you know, either a do it with me or a do it for me format to these these small and local businesses. And so as part of that, they were building a more and more robust, robust you know, you could call it CRM, you know, CRM, ERP, like that type of functionality to allow an agency not only to sort of resell these products and also resell marketplace products, but actually to run their whole agency um, on this platform. And so 
they had a vision of CRM that was starting to expand that way. We had a vision of CRM that was actually trying to expand more into the core, you know, core because CRM sort of aspects. So today we we integrate with Salesforce.com, but we're starting to move further and further downstream into contacts and accounts and ultimately um, opportunities. And so the the roadmaps lined up nicely. And it seemed to me that this was an area where we could bring our tech into a very sort of specialized area, um, into a company that's got a lot of momentum with a very interesting sort of customer base. And we could, you know, really do a, you know, one plus one equals three type, um, uh, type scenario. I like that. And when you, when this, was this an idea that you had, or was this when at the board that came together or was it coming from, uh, Venstata, uh, about the acquisition? Well, ultimately it was, you know, was my call in consultation with the management team that the right thing for the business was to try to find somebody strategic that we could join forces with. And so the, the, the board agreed after I explained my point of view about why that was, um, sort of the right thing to do. Um, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't out of money. Um, we had plenty mm -hmm. of money, um, and we weren't really burning it at that point. So, uh, it was more a question about, uh, you know, how do we position the customer? How do we position this thing for, for success? I had a, a mentor a long time ago that said, you know, one of the big roles of the leader is to change the rules of the game in our favor. And that was one of the ways in which I could sort of conceive of trying to change the rules of the game in our favor was to was to join forces with with somebody else i like that i like how you saw that there was a bigger benefit to the company to make the company better and the product and help the clients with partnering with this bigger brand and merging into a, an even stronger brand um I want to talk to maybe some other CEOs who are maybe in that place or people coming into the world with their own company founders in that um, what tip would you have for you know moving into the becoming an, uh, a company that's looking to be acquired well there's there's an old saying that uh, companies are bought and not sold and you know kind of having gone through this process I could tell you that that you know that really resonates it's um it, it's much easier to work with a company that already understands you, that has some affinity for you, that sort of gets it versus, you know, showing up randomly to a bunch of other companies and saying like, hey, th this you should be excited about for this for for all these reasons. It's a it's a very different dynamic. Now, you know, both both dynamics work. Um, you know, there are very successful um, sale processes that happen with no with no one sort of initiating that. Um, it, it really depends, but I think you know, the most important thing you can do, it's, it's sort of silly to even say it, I guess, but the most important thing you can do to get your company sold is make sure that it's a company worth buying. And so, you know, so then the, I think some of the questions you have to ask yourself are like, well, what are the, you know, what are the things that are appealing about this business? Is it the tech? Is it the people? Is it, you know, strategic customer base? Uh, you, you can ask for the, and, and what are there things that we can do to make those even more attractive? And then what are the things that are not attractive of like, what would stop somebody from buying this business? Like maybe no audited financial statements, maybe, uh, you know, rapidly running out of money, massive customer churn, um, you know, poorly thought out, uh, you know, positioning or, or messaging. Like there's, you know, that there, there are a myriad set of things, um, that could be that. And I, you know, and so you can, you know, some of those you can you can perhaps control, or you can sort of make steps to control. Others are are very difficult um, and take a long time to sort of sort out. So I, I think that 
the best thing you could do is just sort of be honest with yourself about where things are at. And I, you know, to me, the a huge part of it that I think sometimes entrepreneurs overlook. Um, I, I, my old coach used to say this. He used to say this thing about like some some entrepreneurs are pathologically optimistic. And that's a great thing about entrepreneurs, right? Because if you really knew the odds going in, you know, there, there probably wouldn't be a lot of, of businesses actually started. Um, so, so the, you know, this is sort of a necessary, it's a sort of a feature and a bug in, in some ways. But, but when it comes time to really take stock of your situation, I think just dealing with reality and understanding what, what is actually going on is important. Being honest with yourself about, hey, this is not going well. We've tried a bunch of things. Um, it could be better. And... The opportunity cost of your time, you know, to move to a different table, whether that's, you know, uh, you know, uh, an acquisition or whether it's, you know, hey, actually, we should shut the company down because it's not only my time, it's all these people's time. And this may not actually work. And we should just try something new or we should return the money to the investors or we should go to the investors and say, this isn't working. We need to do something totally different and we need this much amount. But, but I think, you know, being willing to sort of call the question. Um, can be very difficult for, you know, myriad psychological reasons. You know, escalation of commitment. You know, among, you know, among uh, among the chief ones. That that is some great. Like I was starting to have introspective uh, questions about myself uh, when you were talking. So thank you for that. I'm looking forward to re-listening to this part and just learning because that's a really great tip. I I think that taking stock of where you are and. Your, where your business is, is always something that's important for us entrepreneurs to remember uh, to help us grow and become better. I want to know, in your journey of starting in the sales to managing a sale of a, an acquisition of a company, do you have any memories of like that cement the why you went down this road, this journey that you're on? Um. You know, COVID was a bit of a flashpoint for us because what ended up happening was we'd done a bunch of work on the product uh, to make it better and better and better. And we started we started to see retention getting better. We started to see top quality. A lot of things were like starting to get better. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and, um, you know, we lost a, a, a good chunk of revenue almost overnight. Where um, most of our new business comes in via product-led funnel, so we have a lot of individuals. We have people that buy monthly. So um, while we do have some big enterprise customers like Yelp, um, you know, that has you know thousands of users on Yesware, that the average Yesware user is is smaller, and so we saw you know a bunch and a bunch of salespeople lost their jobs at the beginning of COVID, uh, and so we we and we didn't we never really it never really came it wasn't like a a V-shaped recovery. It started to go back up, but it, you know, it, it just sort of felt like we had just, we were just getting momentum. We had lost that momentum. It wasn't clear where the, where the restart was going to sort of come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then you sort of look at that versus, you know, the competitive market and the dollars that had been raised, um, you know, and what, what some of our competitors were doing, the resources that they had that we were sort of competing against. And it, it just, you know, it just struck me that, yeah, there was a there. There certainly was a path where we could have, you know, we could have you know gotten back to you know venture capital um, expected levels of growth, but it was a very very narrow path. And um, after COVID, you know, I think the the team didn't necessarily have have all the gas in the tank that it needed to really go 
you know, incredibly hard after, um, you know, after the, the set of things that, that might have been, might have been needed to do it, you know, even, you know, and, and do those things thinking that they had a high chance of success, but when, you know, when in reality that, you know, any, any individual, one of those things probably had a low chance. I like that. Um, what's next for you? What's the next challenge or next, uh, goal that you have to reach? Well, at the moment, my top priority is to making sure that uh, the Yesware and, and Vendasta integration goes well. Um, Vendasta is in a, a fortunate position where um, we've been able to acquire um, uh, a couple other companies as well. And so there's there's a lot of, um, there's a bunch of interesting things that are starting to happen, but it takes a bit of work and a bit of effort to get uh, those teams kind of together and, and figure out the motions and cross sells and uh, you know various go to market motions that will change and so that's that's currently what I'm focused on is making sure that um, Vendas as a company can make the most out of out of this acquisition and, and future acquisitions and uh, beyond that then I, you know I don't I don't know we'll see. Do you have uh, goals of starting your own company, or are you looking to move into maybe a, a, a more C, another CEO role? Yeah, I, I I wish I had a better answer for that. I mean, I think um, you know, depending on what the what the opportunity is for um, for an existing company, I, I certainly I would I would take a look at it when the time is right. Um, uh, I I think I increasingly lean towards starting my own business in the sense that I think it's just a, it's a tr tremendous time for entrepreneurship. Uh, there's so much disruption that's happening and, you know, all the, you know, a massive upsetting of the apple cart between what's going on with the economy, what's going on with AI now, uh, and, you know, medicine and robotics and any number of other things. It's, uh, it just strikes me as like, it's a pretty cool time to start a business and you can do so much um, with, uh, with a lot less capital and with a lot less people to start with that you, I think you can sort of take things pretty far now, uh, much, much further than you used to be able to, um, before you had to get a bunch of other people involved. So that, that, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, so we'll, we'll see when, when, when the time's right, I'll, I'll probably turn my attention to something like that. I'm, and when you do, please make sure you uh, send me an email because I would love to talk to you about that and growing th that next business. Because if you were able to manage the acquisition and help uh, Wafer become a publicly traded company, like I am so excited to see what kind of business that you're going to launch. And I know it's going to be a huge success. Um, but I, I, I do want to talk. Uh, you mentioned, oh, did I just lose it? It was just there hate when I lose a question, but yeah. let's talk about AI. Um, do you see AI coming into your role uh, or, and working within Venstata or using it in your role? Yeah, well, we, we've already we've already integrated um, uh, chat GPT or OpenAI um, uh, GPT-3 Turbo 5, 3.5 Turbo, I don't know what it is. I know, I think we we're on four and then it was too slow, so we reverted back or something, but um, but we, you know, we're already, so one of the things that the, that the core of Vendasta platform does, it allows people to, uh, post on social or allows, allows people to do review management. And so we have some tools now that allow you to, uh, quickly generate posts, quickly generate responses, all that stuff using, um, these, these large language models, uh, which is pretty neat and, and definitely, uh, a time saver on the, 
Yesware aside, we don't have any explicit features that enable AI yet, but there's there's a lot that are kind of on the roadmap that we're talking about. Um, there's there's a, for certain there there are uh, numerous numerous uh, sales applications um, of of these large language models that. Uh, that that you know you're starting to see people put them out and and we'll we're, we're tinkering with a few and I imagine that we'll have something um, you know before the year is out that that's pretty interesting in that area. Well, I'm excited. Um, so yes, you're again more than welcome to come back and talk to us about that. We're going to jump to the Spark question of the show uh, from Seek Discomfort. It's to spark conversations with strangers because they are just simply people friends you haven't met yet. So, Joel, what is something you've done that your future self will thank you? Um. I think I, you know, maybe maybe that this gets back to, this gets back to some of the humor stuff. But I think I'm like stop taking myself and and maybe life so seriously. I mean, there are things that I'm very definitely serious about that. Uh, but um, uh, you know, I've I've had the benefit of um, spending more time with a you know with a, a mindfulness and a meditation practice and heard from a lot of you know good people on that. If there's a my old coach Jerry Colonna, he's got a book called Reboot. Uh, which is a great book and in starts to to get into in, into some of these comments and that that's been very freeing for me um you know to just sort of lighten up a little bit and uh and realize that you know they're that i'm fine and the company you know it like it, there's no like uh, the set of things that could be going wrong to me are definitely not going wrong to me and i've got it so much better than so many other people you know and if we if we hit a number, you know, if we beat a number by 10% or we drop a number by 10%, like in a given quarter, it maybe doesn't matter that much. The trend's important. The people are important. Like what you're trying to build together is important. And just being able to just not, uh, I guess, just not be so attached to everything, um, whether they're numbers or results or, uh, uh, you know, or, or, or really any, anything for that matter has, has been has been very freeing um, and has allowed me to focus, I think, in a uh, in a much more robust way on what I'm actually doing in a in sort of an ironic way. Awesome. Um, Joel, I'm going to jump off stage here. I want you to let my audience know where they can connect with you for if they want to see if you can be mentor, they can uh, you can help them with uh, Venstata and being implemented into their company. So the floor, sir, is yours. Uh, yeah, a couple of ways to do that. Um, if you're interested in uh, in Yesware and sales content, you can go to yesware.com. Uh, we've got 10 years plus of, of great sales content. It's all free. Um, you can also start a, a Yesware um, tr trial there. We've got a, a free tier uh, forever that, that you can use. Um, on, on the Vendasta side, you can go to vendasta.com um, and learn all about Vendasta. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's uh, slash Joel Stevenson GM. And I also do a podcast called The Hard Sell. If you're interested in uh, in selling topics, and uh, you can find that at yesware.com forward slash podcast. Awesome, uh, Joel. Thank you so so much for being guest on the show. I can't thank you enough for uh, helping us understand the process of uh, selling a, a company or being acquired. Yeah, you're you're welcome. I think they're they're all different, uh, and this was certainly a learning experience. But uh, it was it was a great it was a it, it's something that uh, if you're an entrepreneur for long enough, you're probably going to go through. So so worthwhile getting educated on it. 
Excellent. To my audience, make sure you check out the show notes down below so that you can connect with Joel. And definitely if you're into the sales, check out his uh, podcast so that it can help you take it to the next level. And uh, remember to always invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be Phil Better Stories of Monetization Moguls or Making Moguls is what I do. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. But I want to thank you very much for listening. And as always, remember to invest.